Welcome to the University of the Free State Career Services Podcast, where we talk to experts about the ins and outs of jobs and share tips that will give you a grip on your future career. I'm Belinda Yonica and today I'm joined online by Lucy Chirwa, who is a registered counselling psychologist, also a previous colleague of mine, and she is currently a psychologist at the Uton House Addiction and Mental Health Treatment Centre. Welcome, Lucy. Thank you so much for having me, Belinda. I'm really excited to be here. Me too. So... As we are thinking about this, where you are currently working um, with with addiction and mental health um, issues, what does that entail on a daily basis for you? So a big part of what I do is engaging with our, with my patients on a therapeutic level, one-on-one. We also um, set up family sessions with our patients because we understand that addiction and mental health difficulties don't just influence the individual but also impact their whole family system so it's important to ensure that the families are also part of that process Um, we engage in group sessions with our patients so that they can work through communication difficulties a lot of the times that they have and also learn about the consequences of you know what it is that they've done when they're you know with the subs when they use their substances as well as providing them with psychoeducational lectures so that we can provide them with tools once they leave the the treatment center because we realize that you're not recovered you know at the end of your 30-day treatment program but that you're forever going to be in recovery and you're always going to have to be aware that a substance will always have power over you however despite that you can still utilize various tools in order to overcome those challenges with substances. And then, I mean, you are now a registered um, psychologist as well, counseling psychologist, and obviously you have learned certain things within your classroom, you know, so that you are now enabled to do the work that you are currently doing. But what else is there, I mean, especially in this kind of environment as well, what is there that you need to have skills, competencies or characteristics? Mm. That's a really great question, Belinda, because I think students, a lot of the time, regardless of what it is that you study, think only about the theoretical aspect Mm. of the, the, the modules or the courses that they're studying. They don't really look at the practical Um, sense of what it is that we do. So a big part for me is communication. Being able to communicate, number one, is, is, is important, but being able to communicate effectively, because if you're ineffective in your communication, people misunderstand what you're trying to say to them, or your body language mismatches the words that come out of your mouth. Um, being able to work well in a team, in an office space with various types of individuals. Um, you don't have to like everybody, but you definitely need to at least be respectful enough to everybody so you can work with them. And also I would I would encourage being assertive. Uh, there's such a, you know, a culture of just keep quiet, do your work, yes. don't do don't don't sort of like rock the boat, but sometimes the boat needs to be rocked, and you can do Absolutely. so in a in a respectful manner without insulting people for for no reason. And at least then you get your point across, even if nothing really changes in that um, environment that you work in. And if you don't like it after a while, you're not a tree. You can move. Yes, you can, can <laughs> cut a branch 
can take your fly your branch off somewhere else. Yes. You know, you don't you're not forced to to necessarily stay there. So skills for me, being assertive, communication skills, being able to work in a team, and maybe also just being creative in how you think about problem solving as well. I, I try to teach my students as well, you know, never bring me the problem, bring me the solution with it as well. You need to be innovative. You can't just wait for somebody else to give you the answer. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah most so, definitely. If we can just quickly take a moment also to to talk about mental health, um, what do you see is currently some of the trends and challenges in South mm-hmm. Africa? Depression and anxiety are definitely on the rise and uh, suicidality as well. And I think because of the wide variety of information that we have today, so I don't necessarily think these things are on the rise. I just think we have more access to information as as well as treatment centers or, you know, abilities to deal with with a lot of these difficulties that we come up with. But definitely depression and anxiety and people are coming out and asking for help. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always say to individuals, you've got to be motivated to want to change. Otherwise, you're just coming and sitting in my office yeah. and we're just talking and I'm doing the work, but you're not actually motivated to necessarily do so. I mean, there are other challenges around, you know, different mental health uh, or mental illnesses rather but I think depression anxiety and possibly also burnout Mm. Uh, burnout is quite a big one whether you are working or within the school setting everyone is just struggling to get back to that normality that we we used to know Mm. because we had to adjust to COVID and and the lockdown and all of that and then readjust to being back in life at at a normal pace with you know the economy looking the way it is with things like load shedding and what that mm, looks mm, like mm. and how it impacts us on a daily basis. So I think for me, those are the, the main two things, depression, anxiety, and, and definitely um, the rise of suicidal attempts, or at least mm. people thinking around possibly taking their lives because they don't see a way out of their difficulties. If there's one step that we can take today to, just to improve our own mental health, uh, what will that be? You know, the answer to that question would depend on each individual because we're all so different. For me, my first step would be to talk to someone that I trust. That would be my first step. And I would encourage everyone to do that, to find someone in their life who they trust enough, even if they don't necessarily have the words to explain what's going on, just to reach out to somebody and say, listen, I'm struggling and I've tried ABC to kind of cope and I'm not coping and I don't know where to go with this and how to beat the difficulty that I'm going through. So please help me. If that is not an option, then journaling has always been something that I, you know, Mm -hmm. encourage people to do. Write your thoughts down, see what the pattern is, see what it is that you're struggling with so that you also can get an indication of how to actually, um, you know, how when you do reach out for help, how to really actually work through those difficulties because you have an idea of what it is that you're you're struggling with. And if we really, really go back to basics, just sit and think, am I taking care of myself physically? Because a lot of the time, a lot of those things go out the window. You stop taking care of yourself. Something simple as brushing your teeth or taking a shower or, you know, going outside and getting some fresh air, sitting in the sun for five minutes, even though the sun right now is trying to kill us yeah. because it's like from <laughs> million degrees. Yes. Um, but, you know, those simple things, having having lunch, having breakfast, 
um, get, getting a good night's rest, you know, start there, start with the physical. And mm-hmm. if that doesn't work out, then then start to escalate to different solutions, like speaking to somebody or um, getting a journal or even calling, you know, a, a health center that yes. might assist you with what it is that you're going through so that they can refer you to the appropriate services that you might need. Mm. And, and is there a specific number or an email address or a, a website that you can think of, you know, where people can reach out, whether they are now part of a university or not, you know, just being in your own career where you can reach out for some help? So you can, if you are studying, definitely reach out to your institution. Most institutions have got counseling centers and the counseling services are free. So definitely go there. If you are someone who is more external, um, unfortunately, I don't know the numbers of my heart, but I can provide them to you um, after this. But um, SADAG is an, is an organization, the South African Depression and Anxiety Group, um, that offers a wide variety of services for, for individuals. And they've got... Uh, 24-hour uh, crisis line, as well as Lifeline, who also does the same. And those are the top two that come to mind for me, most definitely. Lucy, so so tell me a bit about your own um, journey from being a student into the position where you are currently at. I mean, how did that happen for you? So I, after matric, was like, I don't know. I changed my mind about career so many times because there's always pressure, right, in yes. high school to figure <laughs> out going to do after matric and I was like what 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 actually do I want to do and I was like I'm going to be a doctor and a lawyer and a teacher and then I had a friend of mine a really good friend of mine who said to me you know I see you as a psychologist and I was like what's that you know the (laughs) first time it was sort of heard about what a psychologist is I knew what a social worker was but not really what a psychologist was Mm. um and I was like okay great I'm going to apply for that but my family didn't think that it was a great idea from an economy point of view and a sustainability point of view. So my dad suggested I'd rather go study um, biotechnology at TUT. And I did. I went to TUT for about one and a half years to study biotechnology. But I just felt like I was dying inside and I really wanted to study mm-hmm. psychology. Um, and in my second year, in the middle of my second year, I told my parents I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm going to apply to study um, psychology at any of the other institutions that offer the course. Mm. And I was accepted. Um, and in 2009, I started my first year at psychology. Absolutely loved it. Um, still thinking that after three years, I would be a psychologist. And <laughs> yes. I, was, I was shocked. I was like, oh, actually, it takes a really long time. But from the journey of first year all the way up to master's, my road was linear, if you could say that, because, you know, I knew I was in the space I needed to be in. Even though for the psych- for the master's selections, it, you don't know if you're going to be mm. selected or not. So Very tough. I, I didn't know if I was. Um, I applied to one university because I didn't have money to be traveling yeah. all over the country, to be going to every institution. And I just, you know, I prayed and I said, this is what I'd like to do. And if it's for me, great. If not, then we'll, we'll do a plan B, whatever that mm. looks like. Mm. And I was accepted into the program and I finished the program. I did my internship, wrote the board exam, and then I qualified. So it took a good seven, eight years, mm. all the way from 2009 to to qualify to actually become a psychologist. So that's my journey. Yeah. And if there's one day that you can sort of like highlight, what would be your highlight of your career so far? I, you know, I thought about this question when, when I, when I uh, got the brief from you and I was like, hmm, that's a really good question. <laughs> and a lot of 
times I would think people would mention what they necessarily do in their jobs. But for me, it's more about me, which sounds mm. weird. But when I had my first job ever after qualifying, I was a temp temporary employee at the University of Johannesburg. And I remember that the performance management meetings were coming up. Mm. So a lot of people were saying to me, don't worry about it. No one asks anyone who's temporary to do the performance management meetings. And for some strange reason, I felt left out. I was like, why? <laughs> Just because I'm I can't have a need. And the team leader at the time, Ian, I don't know if you remember Ian for, yeah. from uh, Career Services. Yeah, yeah. He actually had the meeting with me and he sat me down and he's like, listen, I know you're a temp, but I really appreciate the fact that you're part of the team and I'd like to get feedback from you. I'd like to know how you're experiencing it, if you have any ideas for the for the unit. And that just blew my mind that he he saw me. I was validated, mm -hmm. I was seen. And he made me feel like I belonged to the team, even though I was temporary. And I will never forget that. It's one of my favorite highlights in my in my career. And I mean, I have a lot when it comes to patients and clients and seeing clients and the work I do with individuals that I work with. Mm. But when I really think about first time in the world of work, all I've been doing is studying. And here comes a leader who says to me, listen, we see you, we want to hear from you, and I'd like to involve you in the process. So that's that's my highlight you have now been you know in psychology you did some biotech for a moment you went back to psychology this is where you need to be but if i need to take that completely off of the table that's not an option for lucy what else would you have liked to do funny enough i would still be in the in the helping industry um and i think i would actually love to be a gynecologist i just don't have nice stamina <laughs> so if we if we have to go to to uh, back to real life now, um, what makes you good at your job? First and foremost, I think I'm quite a people's person. Um, people connect with me. It used to freak me out when I was younger because I would just say hi to people and they would tell me their whole life story. And I'm like, all I said was hello. I don't know why you're telling me about bird and cat and your mom and dad like i was so confused and as i've gotten older and especially in the profession that i'm in it's a strength of mine you know mm. that people somehow trust me enough to share their deepest journeys with me and i always say to them i'm, I'm thankful that you would even allow me into your space into your world mm. to, to talk to help you work through whatever it is that we we need you need clarity for and i will walk alongside with you so definitely definitely being a people's person people's person um and i'd like to think i think deeply about things which is weird because growing up, you we were never encouraged or I wasn't really encouraged to be a critical thinker. Yeah. Um, it's, we tell you do this, you do it, don't ask any questions. And and yet I do. I, I think deeply about things. I think about how will this work for this patient or for this client? Um, because not one, one size doesn't fit all. And I think I, I would like to think that I critically think about them. Even after that one hour that, that I've seen them for, they just think, oh, you saw me for one hour a day. And I'm like, listen, my seven yeah. days a week, you pop up in my head. <laughs> and yeah, I think, I, I think I'm creative. I'm still sort of like figuring out. Oh, what you are. Come on, that's not even up for negotiation. Just look at your earrings. Every time I see you, you've got the most amazing things on. <laughs> you are creative. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you, Melinda. Um, yeah, and I definitely work. I'm an advocate for people. Like, if if I believe in something, especially in the world of work, I will fight for you. Like, I will mm-hmm. be there and say, okay, where do I need to sign up? And, you know, wh- where are we striking? What are we doing? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> I, who do I need to have a good talking to? I, yes. I'm definitely... Um, up for advocating for people and just helping people realize also their their potential. I'm I'm the leader that wants to to help someone grow in that leadership so I can step down and allow them to shine in that in that role so, and then I can just move on to something else. Mm. If you have to share one secret about your job, something that outsiders would never guess, what will that be? Yeah, see, the, this question threw me for a loop cuz I was like a secret in psychology. <laughs> And then I was everything is a secret. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. Maybe <laughs> the first secret is you're not going to be a psychologist after three years. You're still not going to be a psychologist after getting your master's. It's only once you pass that board exam yeah. are you then able to practice. So maybe just doing, you know, proper research mm-hmm. into the career. But I was thinking more around misunderstandings around the psychology field. Uh one of the things is people assume I can I can uh, prescribe medication. And I'm like, I'm not a doctor. I, mm. I can't do that. I'll send you to a psychiatrist who will prescribe yes. you medication, you know. Um, another one is people don't think we're people. It's weird. They idolize us as if, oh, my gosh, because you're helping me so much with my life, you yeah. clearly must have everything in control mm. and under control. And I'm like, no, I'm a person. <laughs> yes, normal. <laughs> I've got to use the same tools I'm giving you for my own life. Mm. So that's that's quite a big one. And um, another one is they think we're always available. And I think it's because of TV and movies. Yeah. You know, oh, you know, Lucy, can I call you at like 8 p.m.? If I have no, no, we'll no, have the answer is no. For you. <laughs> no, you cannot call me. I also have a life, you know, I also have boundaries and I need to be able to kind of switch off somehow mm. and, and live my life outside of my profession. And last but not least, I don't read minds. I'm not psychoanalyzing you every five seconds. I promise. Yes. I'm not. Yes. I'm yeah. just talking and yeah. listening. Yes. Lucy, I'm going to get to a part that I call this or that. Are you ready for that? All right. Here we go. Coffee or tea? Tea. Sweet or salty? Can I say both? Yes. Okay, both. (laughs) Agreed. Uh, Remote or on-site? So a bit of both. I think it would just depend on what's going on with me. But yeah, a bit of both on-site and remote. Okay. Every morning I? Breathe. I do a breathing exercise every morning. Nice. And my favorite word is? Batum, for some reason. So that's the batum. word. It's a, it's a batum. Yeah, it's like, like an expression. So yes. after every sentence, I'm like batum. Batum, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I get you, I get you. Lucy, thank you so much for your time um, with this session as well. I really appreciate it. And um, all of the best also now in this, I still call it the new position, but you have been there for some time now, but all of the best with that as well. Thank you so much, Belinda. This was fun. And I really hope that the information I shared was useful for your listeners. Thank you. That's it for now. Listen to all our episodes to make sure that you get into the fast lane of career success.